Hi, and welcome to a special episode of the Dinner Sisters podcast. I'm Kate Schultz, here as always to talk to you about what is cooking for dinner. Here at the Dinner Sisters, we're always about trying to find new tips or tricks. And so to ease us out of hiatus, we've got two pro tips from some of our dear friends, Emma and Tyler. We actually grew up with Tyler as we babies and children on 130th and 131st Street in Brookfield, Wisconsin, running back in between the yards, having so much fun. Now, Tyler is all grown up, imagine that, and living an amazing life with um, his writing partner, uh, Emma. And they are both in New York City, living some awesome lives. And as roommates, they're like cooking up a storm. So it's really fun to get these pro tips from some really old friends, old and dear friends, not old. You're not old, Tyler. (laughs) Let's listen in to Emma and Tyler give us some awesome pro tips. Hi, Kate. Hi, Betsy. This is Tyler and Emma here. Hi, Kate and Betsy. We're so excited to be on the podcast. Huge fans of the show. Huge fans. We've made so many of your recipes. So today we're going to talk a little bit about recipe generators. Okay, what is that? They're websites where you generate recipes based on the stuff that you have. So we all, you know, we're all Dinner Sisters listeners. The main place you go for getting your recipes is making whatever Kate and Betsy told you to. Right, right. Dinner Sisters. So what do you do, though, then you've made, you know, the pressed Italian sandwiches, Uh right? And those were great. So good. Yep. You've made it, but now you have leftover whatever. You have leftover tapenade, right? right? You have leftover. And then what? And then your refrigerator starts to feel insane. A little cluttered with just this and that, bits of this and that. Right. And so thank you, Kate and Betsy, for the recipes, but also it creates problems in our refrigerators. <laughs> and I think and that opportunities oppor- to generate. That's opportunities to generate with a recipe gen- I actually didn't know the term recipe generator before today. Well, yeah, and, I, and you're using it for the first time right now, so I'm not, I'm not familiar with it till now, but I think we're all getting, we're going to get the hang of it. All right, so here, some examples of this, fridgetotable.com, foodcombo.com, and what you do is you actually type ingredients into that into the website that you want to use up and it spits out recipes to use up those ingredients that you have okay yep and there's a real thrill in using up what you have i think the thrills and the chills are not to be matched it's like you are on chopped yep and you just got your basket and you aced it. And you used every single thing in the basket. Exactly. And you leaned into what was in your basket. You didn't like rely on the pantry and sort of decorate it with what was in your basket. Exactly. Right. Well, remember, and chopped, they don't like that when you do that. When you exactly. use, when you have to go in the pantry too much. Yeah, no. You don't want your base to be something else. Right. You want to um, celebrate the basket ingredient. Mm-hmm. So anyway, so there's a couple, I, I want to talk about like why recipe generators are so great. Okay. The first thing is that obviously it's fun, Mm -hmm. but it's also very economical. Mm -hmm. I mean, think about how much of your food you end up throwing out because you don't use it. And what a waste of money. What if, what if you could make an amazing meal, do a whole dinner party just with the stuff that is sitting in your pantry, sitting in your refrigerator. Mm -hmm. That's, but not only does that save you money, it's also good for the environment. Yeah. And do you find that a lot of your meal planning revolves around what's left in your fridge? 
Exactly. And so I just want to give some examples of moments. Just these are some recent ones. Some leftover broccoli and cauliflower brought me to lightened up cheddar broccoli cauliflower soup from Ambitious Kitchen. It was so good. So good. Five out of five for me. Yep. Um, some leftover strawberries and arugula took me to the colorful strawberry arugula salad from Cookie and Kate. That was also great. And some leftover pears took me to a pear snacking cake. Okay, that was amazing. And I know how Betsy feels about a snacking cake. Yep, yep. And it wasn't that many pairs. It was like... Just a couple of pairs. It was like two or three pairs that just created this incredible snacking cake. It was magical. It was like a Parisian cafe. So, okay, so here we go. We're we're actually going to do one live right now. We're going to do this for real. I'm going to do actual things that are in the... You want only the fridge or also the pantry? Uh, Wherever you're going to go. Okay, let's start with the fridge. Go for it. Go. All right. We got some... Avocados. Avocados. Um, pepitas. Pepitas. I love pepitas. Okay. And I, um, that's a really good example. That's exactly the kind of thing that you'd have left over. Kate and Betsy okay. tell you to make something with a quarter cup of pepitas. And we've got mint. A lot of nice fresh mint. mint. Fresh mint. Okay. Um, we have... See, we also mean now I'm in the pantry. We've got a really beautiful pasta that's been sitting here. Okay, that's great. I can out. use three out of four of those. Okay. In okay, this looks amazing. Avocado pasta sauce. Ooh. What? Oh wow. And I only have to get a couple other things, but that uses three out of four of those right there. That's something I would make. Avocado that, pasta sauce. It looks great. Now, what website did you do that on? I did that on foodcombo.com. And as I was yelling stuff out, you just you just tossed them in. Yeah, and like that, just what what we did right now could inspire the next great wow. meal. Wow. Yep. To the Dinner Sisters listeners, I want you to open up your refrigerators, I want you to open up your pantries, and I want to use that stuff up. And you don't have to open up your trash that way. Well, that's pro tip number one, and I'm going to use that all the time. Pro tip number two, here we go. Hi, Kate and Betsy. It's Tyler. Hi, Kate and Betsy. It's Emma. We're back. And we have a really big tip here where this is all about frosting cakes. And Emma is an unbelievable baker. I mean, her cakes are works of art. And I actually think this is something for me that's a little intimidating. I think it's actually really hard to frost a cake and make it look really good. Well, I think that a lot of people have trouble frosting a cake. And I think it can be so frustrating because you have made your cake. You're excited to eat your cake. This house smells good. You want to frost it. Mm -hmm. And... When you start frosting it, you're getting crumbs in the frosting. Maybe it's, you know, maybe it's not flat and your cake is feeling kind of lopsided and there's crumbs everywhere. People can get, it's just very upsetting. Yeah. And let's talk about cake for a second. Cake is something that people make for other people. It is very, yeah. I mean, Hey, you make a cake for yourself. I've Mm -hmm. done it, Mm -hmm. but I think most often when people are making cakes, they're making cake. There for, is usually going to be an audience. Yeah. So I think that actually, you know, the listeners probably have a lot of stressful memories in their life yep. involving Trying making to make cakes. a cake yeah. for somebody. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It is often for someone else. So I've got three major tips regarding frosting your cake. All right. Number one. Okay. The number one tip is you've made your cake. Now we're going to talk about like a two layer round cake. Let's just say we're doing that. Um, you've made your cake. Okay. Uh, it's come out of the oven. You've, you've put your, your, uh, toothpick in, it comes out clean. Step one, rule number one, let your cake cool. Mm. As soon as you can touch that pan with your hand, it's time to take it out of the pan, run a knife around the edge and just take it out gently onto a wire rack and let it cool. Now, once you're out of the pan onto the rack, 
I think 20 minutes is probably usually enough. If you think it might not be cold enough, it probably isn't. Just be patient in that part. What's going to happen if you don't do that? Like, what if I just cannot wait? Like, what is like, what if I try to rush it? What's going to happen? So I think the next two steps are going to be very hard. I think you're going to have a hard time building your cake and frosting your cake. So note to self, I'm making this cake like the day before the party. I would suggest that if you want to, you can always make a cake the night before I'd give yourself at least six hours. Tip number two is level those layers. Now your cake might come out of the pan and they might look nice. It might look just very flat across the top, a nice hat box, nice tidy flat top. Great. You're good. If your cake is domed, um, I think you're going to want to level that cake Mm -hmm. because it's going to be much easier to frost. So, okay. Let's say your cake is so domed that were you to put it back into the pan, it's going up above the pan. Okay. That's actually a great thing. If you have that situation, put it back in your pan. Everything's cool. And take a long serrated knife and just using the the pan as a guide, you're kind of just going to go back and forth and shave off that domed part so that your cake is flat across the top. Little snack for the chef. If your cake is domed, but it's not going up above the pan, uh, no need to put it back in the pan to level it. Just put it on your rack. Put your non-dominant hand on top of that domed part to just keep it in place and take your dominant hand, use your long serrated knife and just try to shave that domed part off. Okay. So tip three, tip number three, and this is my biggest tip with frosting a cake. It is a tip called the crumb coat. Mm. Now here is the most frustrating things where people want to, they hate baking cakes. You, you got your frosting, you've got your cake, you've leveled it, you're ready to go, you start frosting it, and there are crumbs in it. Everywhere. Okay. Every time. And you're so disappointed. It's so, you feel embarrassed, you feel like it doesn't look like a cake, it looks like, in what a mess, and it's been four hours already, and it's just really upsetting. Yeah. And now your best Here's, friend's birthday is ruined, and it's all and your fault. It's right. Yeah. And, you're, and there's an audience coming. Here's the thing. This is the best tip I have about cakes. This is the crumb coat. You are going to frost the cake in a thin layer of frosting and it is going to be filled with crumbs because guess what? Crumbs are natural. It's a cake. Okay. And so we embrace, embrace the crumbs. The frosting can be very thin. It can be splotchy. It's, it mm. can be patchy. It's fine. This is a crumb coat. All it is, is really a type of glue. So you get your thin layer of frosting all over this cake and put it in the fridge for at least 20 minutes, 20 to 30 minutes. Okay. Open your fridge and you should be able to sort of like tap on it without leaving a fingerprint. Then you're ready to go. You cover that with your beauty coat, which is just the rest of your frosting. Just frost your cake. Yeah. And, um, I suggest using a long spatula to frost cakes. I think it's the easiest. You can sort of make a big swipe with that spatula. I also suggest using a turntable if you want, if you don't, I mean, if you're just baking one cake, you might not want to be buying a turntable, but it helps if you have some kind of lazy seasoner turntable to twirl as you're frosting the cake. Helpful, not necessary, but you take that cake out of the fridge. You've got your crumb coat on, cover it in your next layer of frosting. You will not believe how easy it is to frost that cake. Would you say that the crumb coat could be considered the spanks of cake? It is absolutely the spanks of cake. It is absolutely, yeah. And, you know, you can cover a multitude of sins with frosting. Okay. Mm. And so don't worry. Is your cake a little crooked? Well, build it with frosting in the crumb coat phase. Just try your, the crumb coat is what you don't see. Genius. Thanks so much, Emma and Tyler. We actually asked them for a pro tip. 
eons ago, and we're just publishing it now, so it's really exciting to hear it again, and it just learned so much from the both of them. We're really pleased to have them on the podcast. So, Emma, Tyler, thank you so much for your contributions to the podcast and for just being all around awesome people. And that's what's for dinner. See you next time at the Dinner Sisters. We'll save a spot at the table for you. 